Welcome to Mafia, a new podcast telling stories of America's criminal underworld. Gotti assumed the position of head of the Gambino family. And using the name Donnie Brasco, I was able to infiltrate the uh, Bonanno uh, crime family in New York City. Bugsy Siegel is an American mob legend. One man changed the whole texture and landscape of crime in America. Listen to Mafia every Wednesday on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your favorite shows. Five, four, three, two, one. Cue music. This is Movies First with Alex First and Chris Coleman. I have to confess that when I first saw the publicity posters and material for The Girl on the Train, I thought, is there a Stig Larsson book that I was unaware of? Uh, He of The Girl of the Dragon Tattoo and so on. Turns out I was barking up the completely wrong drain pipe, as Alex First will now explain in this edition of Movies First. Greetings, Alex. You're probably closer to planes, trains and automobiles, are you not? Oh, they, I don't know. That's all, no, that's all right. You're allowed to sort of have whatever thoughts you, you wish. And I, I can understand why your mind went there, but imagine this, Chris. Mm-hmm. You write a book because you just do, and you publish that book and it becomes one of the fastest-selling novels in history, and you sell more than 15 million copies of it. That's quite a story. That actually happened to a former journalist called Paula Hawkins. She published The Girl on the Train in January 2015, so we're not talking about all that long ago, and it's now sold that number globally. In fact, more than that. It intrigues me that this has gone from book to movie so quickly. Yeah, exactly. Well, in its first week, it landed in the top spot of the New York Times bestsellers list, and it remained on the list for more than a year. I just think that's a dream come true. And the inspiration was Paula Hawkins' daily experiences on the commuter rail through London. And there was one particular route where the train was always breaking down, and she'd sit and look into these apartment blocks, and you could see right into somebody's living room. And She was hoping she'd see something interesting, although she never did, but it started her imagination whirring. And that's where the germ of the story came from. And now her book has been turned into a screenplay by Erin Cressida Wilson, who, well, was responsible for a rather unusual movie. If you haven't seen it, it's worth seeing. It's called Secretary. Secretary. If you like things that are a little bit obtuse and bizarre, then that's one to to consider. So, yes, it has been made into a movie starring Emily Blunt. I I would call this a mighty confusing psychological thriller. It it suffers partly by overdoing the signalling of time frames on the screen. So That irritates me. Yeah, exactly. Two months ago, two weeks ago, one week ago, the Sunday before last. I mean, I'm, I'm, yeah, it's almost gets to that stage, you know. I mean, uh, the the Friday before Halloween. No, I'm overdoing it, but that's the point. And it takes ages to figure out just what's going on. By then, you can't help thinking it's all too hard. I mean, it runs for 112 minutes. It's rated MA in Australia. Devastated by her recent divorce, Rachel, played by Emily Blunt, spends her daily rail commute daydreaming about the seemingly perfect couple that live in a house that her train passes every day. That is until one morning she sees something happen there that shocks her in that particular house. 
and she subsequently becomes entangled in a mystery. Rachel, the Emily Blunt character, used to be married to Tom, role filled by Justin Theroux. But try as they did, she could not conceive a child. Now, he has since moved on and lives with a new wife, Anna. Rebecca Ferguson fills that role. And they have had a baby. And he lives in the same home that he used to share with Rachel, which makes it all that much more difficult when Rachel passes that home every day. Rachel, in turn, has taken to the bottle in a big way. Her life spiralled out of control. She still obsesses over her broken marriage. So to distract herself from a life that's grown so aimless, Rachel develops an obsession with the occupants of another house on her train route. That house happens to be a few doors down from where she used to live with Tom. Do you get the picture? There, blissfully unaware that a stranger is longingly watching them, Megan and Scott go about their business. So Megan and Scott live a few doors down from where Rachel used to live. Megan played by Hayley Bennett and Scott by Luke Evans. And Rachel catches daily glimpses of the stunning Megan and the handsome Scott. Only Rachel's fantasy is hardly the reality of Megan and Scott's life. And as Rachel's self-destructive ways gather pace, she and the two women, the new wife and Megan, and the two men, Scott and her former husband, their lives intersect and collide with shocking consequences. Mm. Mm, it's, it's really a fascinating interconnection of people's lives. And it's really told through the, the, the eye of the three women. This particular story unfolds that way. I'm afraid I, I thought the girl on the train went all over the shop before it got down to the nitty gritty. And by then I'd all but lost interest. The premise was a decent one, but I thought its execution as a film was flawed. I'm not convinced the direction from Tate Taylor, who was responsible for the movie The Help, was tight enough. At times, the movie crossed the line into melodrama, and I didn't think all the performances were compelling. To me, it had a telemovie feel rather than that of a big screen release. Alison Janey is in this one as well. She plays a detective. It, it raised questions in my mind about what could have been rather than what was. In other words, it could have been a really good movie. It became pretty average fare to me, and I reckon it would have been, well, a straight-to-DVD release in perhaps in another incantation if you didn't have an Emily Blunt at the helm. Mm. I don't have a lot of questions about this one. I, I just, I don't know. It, it doesn't. It. I, I saw the shorts for it uh, a couple of weeks ago when I when I was at the cinema, and initially it got me in just just the, at the start of the shorts, and then it just I don't know somewhere along the line it just doesn't seem it, it didn't light my my curiosity enough. You know. Well, I mean, I think the premise is a good one. I mean, you, you sort. Of, I mean, you, you must do that. Okay, let, let's let's sort of role play a little bit. All right, you're in a train and, and different circumstances. You, a couple are making out on the train in front of you. Now, what most people do is they, they take a look, but then the, their eyes are averted because you, know, you feel almost uncomfortable that you're sort of witnessing something that's so private. 
But imagine instead of that, you decided to write a story about these two people's lives. I mean, that's really what I suppose the the idea of being a voyeur. That's what this is all about. I think that's a really strong premise and it could have made for a really good movie and because they were deliberately holding back and and didn't reveal and you know you get to the stage where you you've got a better understanding where you're piecing it all together but it's confusing for quite some time before that and i mean it's sort of it's about blurred memories because of alcoholism and all those sorts of things and i just thought it it, it just didn't kind of hang together the way that i wanted to i've seen these sorts of movies before and I've seen them done better than The Girl on the Train. Okay, fair enough. I did a little bit of uh, searching, uh, by the way. Um, the Girl on the Train right now, there's another movie that's around. I don't know whether you've seen this or are aware of this one coming, The Girl with All the Gifts. There was The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Uh, and a while back, there was The Girl Next Door. So, you know, movies that start with the words, The Girl, yeah, they're, they're not exactly uncommon. There we go. And what about the boy? You can Google that for next time. Oh, I could. I could probably do it in about three seconds now. You really well, wanted me to. The, I mean, the boy, the boy, something. I the I boy can't. in the striped pajamas. The boy. boy next door. The boy and the beast. The boys from the Brazil. So there you go. Multiple movies called the boy. So we could actually have the man, the woman. But before we stop, <laughs> we we need to give a score for the girl on the train. Please do. Thank you. Five and a half to six out of ten. You've been listening to Movies First with Alex First and Chris Coleman. Subscribe to the full podcast at Audioboo, Stitcher and iTunes or your favourite podcast distributor. This has been another quality podcast production from Bytes.com. Welcome to Mafia, a new podcast telling stories of America's criminal underworld. Gotti assumed the position of head of the Gambino family. And using the name Donnie Brasco, I was able to infiltrate the uh, Bonanno uh, crime family in New York City. Bugsy Siegel is an American mob legend. One man changed the whole texture and landscape of crime in America. Listen to Mafia every Wednesday on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your favorite shows.